This is the third last Harland Highway. Oh, oh my God. Don't even get me started. We'll talk about this more after the, the intro. Oh. Anyways, welcome to the Harland Highway. We're, we're getting close to the end here. I'm not trying to bring you down. Hopefully the podcast will bring you up, but uh, we have a great one today. Um, we're going to be doing a Harland's Pissed Off episode where, where I am. I am pissed. I am pissed about something that affects all of us. And uh, wait till you hear my rant about what I'm pissed about. Also, uh, as I promised you, um, uh, I went to Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago and I did stand-up comedy in Saudi Arabia for the first time in my life, maybe the last time. And it was very different. And I promised you I'd play you some of the uh, the live stand-up shows. So we're going to have that for you. Uh, some live stand-up from uh, Saudi Arabia, and then also a crazy news story that involves uh, alligators that are cranked up on meth. This is unbelievable. This The story's crazy enough, but then we have an expert call in from a guy who actually make, wrangles alligators for a living calling in from the south, and he's going to give us his expertise on this whole a meth gator story. It's unbelievable. So wait till you hear this. It's going to be a crazy show. Put your helmet on. This is the Harland Highway. Do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. The heartless, heartless monsters. All of you through and through. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Oh, yeah! You see a fallen star, that means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, a rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harland Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. Why, George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you don't lose, you're gonna lose right now. Don't leave me here. Oh boy, here we go. Oh, my heart is heavy. We're down to our final three episodes of the Harland Highway. This is episode one thousand and one. But technically, it's number 997. Because somewhere along the way, I screwed up the numbers. And so I omitted a few podcasts or whatever. Something happened somewhere along the way where I mislabeled things. So even though we made it to 1,000, I was short three. And so this is, uh, this is number, um, you know, technically, as I said, 997. So pretty scary, man. Or wait, no, it'd be 998 and then 99 and then 1000. So this is 998 technically. See, that, that's why this happened. You see how bad I am with numbers? That's why I'm in the entertainment business, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not, I'm not so good with the numbers. I'm good with the ha-ha and the funny and telling the jokes and, and doing the movies and the televisions, but I'm not so good with the numbers. I wish I was. But you should thank me that I'm not because as a result, you're getting these three bonus episodes, even though they're not really bonus episodes, they're just misnumbered episodes. What am I talking about? Shut up. Yeah, I better shut up. Um, and you know what? While I'm, while I'm all fired up here, Roger, let's, let's, uh, let's do a, a pissed off segment. Cause there's something that I got on my chest that I got to get off me chest, or I'm not going to be able to focus on this podcast. So, so roll the seek, the title sequence, for Harlem being pissed off. Roll it, Rod. Don't piss me off. This is Harlan Williams. And you're really pissing me off. Oh, you're starting to piss me off, you little pigless son of a bitch. Yeah. You 
pissed me off. Shut up! You're pissing me off! These fucking assholes! This fuck! These fucking assholes! The fuck is their problem, man? Okay. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit this. I'm proud to admit this. And, and it's amazing to me that it still exists. But I watch Cops, okay? You know you know the reality show, the probably the first reality show, Cops? The, the show that's been on for 30 years where they, they just follow policemen around and police women around in their vehicles and on foot and they... They show them making arrests and chasing guys and, and fighting with guys and busting guys and girls and weirdos and whack jobs. Yeah, I still watch cops. I get a charge out of it, man. It kind of scares me that, the, that there's so many weird, bad, funky people out there in the world. That really bothers me. But here's what really pisses me off, Lurtle Gurgles and Chertle Blurgans, Okay. I cannot believe in this politically correct society we live in now how dainty the cops have become. Oh, my God. I mean, in the old versions of the cops, and this thing's 30 years old, so you, so you can watch the old ones. The old ones, these guys would, like, grab a guy and throw him against the car and say, what the hell are you doing, man, you idiot, and don't talk back to me. And every now and again, they'd throw a punch on a guy to subdue him or they'd wrestle him or they'd. And I'm not for police abuse. I'm not for being like harassed by the police unnecessarily. I've been pulled over by snarky cops before with attitude and you try to be nice and, and maybe they've had a bad day and they're treating you disrespectfully or they're, they're intimidating you. It's unnerving. I don't like it. But at the same time, man, holy smokes, you, you got to watch cops now compared the way it used to be. You feel like you're at you're at you're having British tea in the garden with the queen. I mean, these these cops are so freaking dainty and I'm not saying they're not tough. But the, the way they talk to to, uh, you know, perps or criminals or suspects. It's just like you feel like you're you're watching children being, uh, you know, read a bedtime story at daycare. You know, you'll, you'll see a guy uh, that, that, that they just caught that caused a, a, a hundred mile an hour car chase through 10 miles. He's throwing guns and cocaine out the window. He just about kills 80 people. He's speeding on the wrong side of the road. Sparks are flying out of his tires because they're flat. He's a menace to society. He's a danger. He could have killed people. He finally like hits a light pole or a school bus or the side of a house. And then he runs on foot and they got to chase him and they got to get the dogs and all this is taxpayer money being spent. And they, they tackle this guy to the ground or they taser him and he's got the gang tattoos and no shirt and a, a teardrop tattoo by his eye. You can just tell he's bad news. His eyes are rolling. He's cranked up on meth or something. I mean, this guy's a bad dude, obviously. Okay. He ran from the cops. He's throwing stuff out the window. And then they, they, they you know, they... They sit him down and they, and they run his name and his number and his license plate. And it turns out he's got like four felonies, a suspended license. He's been in jail five times. And this guy's like, you know, making these cops run and chase and jump and fly over fences. And who knows if they get shot at or stabbed. And then they finally catch this guy and they're like, Okay, David, how are you feeling? Okay, do you need a drink of water? Let's get David a drink of water. Why don't you tell us what happened, David? Oh, I see there's a little scratch on your on your arm from the, the mulberry bushes. Do you need a medic? Can we get let's call in an ambulance and a fire truck for three hundred thousand dollars of the public taxpayers' money. Yeah. Let yeah, he's got a there's a scratch. It's not actually dripping blood, but it's red and it looks moist. 
Yeah, let's bring in a full fucking fire truck brigade and five more fucking cop cars and 32 ambulances. And why don't we get a surgeon and a psychologist and a masseuse for this fucking clown? Oh, my God. It is just you got to see it, man. David, would you mind sitting in the back of the car? Do you need a lawyer? Do you need do you need some water? Hey, man, can I have a fucking cigarette? Yeah, Dave, why don't we let David have a cigarette? Can I have my fucking phone, please? Yeah, let's David, give David his phone, yeah. I mean, holy shit, man. What have we become? We, we have whipped the, and I'm not blaming the cops. I know where this come, comes from. This comes from all these soft-hearted idiot politicians who have made it almost impossible for cops to do their jobs and do their jobs aggressively. There's a reason why there's good guys and bad guys in society, and the bad guys are master manipulators. They're like hyenas in the wild. They'll do anything they can to take the kill. They'll do anything they can to sneak up on you and and attack you and eat you and chew your bones. They don't care. They're opportunists. They're predators. They'll look for any single opening or angle, and they'll, they'll, they're dirty and they're bloody, and they don't care if they eat you alive from the ass end while your brain is still functioning. And so for the cops to not be equally as tough and aggressive and let these guys know that if they're going to mess up, if they're going to break the law, then they're going to have to deal with the harsh consequences. But now, oh my God, with all the training, these these cops are petrified of being sued. These cops are petrified of of, of losing their jobs. They're they're petrified of being blamed of something they didn't do. So now when you watch cops, you've got these big macho cops with tattoos and buzz cuts. They look like they, they just came out of the Navy SEALs. And you think, oh man, this cop is gonna tackle this bad guy and you know, twist his arm back, and if he has to, if he has to cold cock him and knock him out, so be it. This guy's being nothing but trouble and aggressive and arrest, resisting the arrest. But oh no, oh David, are you okay? Let's everyone, let come on, let's get three more cops over here. Let's all lift David up. Ready, David? Crouch your knees on one, two, three. Roll back and forth. Two, three, and up we go, David. Oh my goodness, let's let's brush David off. There's twigs all over him. Oh David. You so, are you okay, you you five-time felon, uh murder arrests, drug possession charges, drug dealing, stabbing, uh gang affiliation, uh drug peddling, child molestation. Are you okay? Holy shit, I can't believe it, man. And again, I don't want the cops to abuse anyone. I don't want them to physically hurt them or shoot them or kill them. I don't care if they're white, black, Asian, Indian. No human being deserves to be, you know, abused or 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 have violence perpetrated against them. But when you're in a game of good and bad, good and evil, crime and no crime, you gotta, you gotta use some, some muscle. You gotta use some bravado. You gotta use some macho. You gotta let these, these punks know that if they get taken down, it ain't gonna be a nice bottle of water and a, and a handhold into the back seat. You're gonna get roughed up a little. You know why? Because you deserve it. Because you've roughed up the community. You've stolen someone's car. You've punched someone's daughter. You've stabbed someone's son. You've robbed a a 7-Eleven store where someone could have got killed. You ran over someone. Who knows what you did? And then on top of that, you should watch this show, man. The the lying has gone through the roof. You know, in the old days, guys would just be like, yeah, okay, so I was dealing drugs. You know, they at least kind of admitted it when they got caught. You, you, you got to watch it now, man. The cops will shake a guy down. They'll search him. They'll find drugs and crack pipes and weapons in their pockets. And I'm telling to these guys, they all must go to a convention or something. They're like, oh, man, I don't know whose that is. How did that get in there? Some guy just lent me his pants. 
And the cops are like, what do you mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I ripped my pants and there was this guy and he said I could borrow his pants. Or, oh, I just bought these pants at the secondhand store. I didn't check the pockets. I didn't know there was something. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not even joking. And the cops are forced to play along like more. Oh, really? Well, oh, oh, interesting. So, so someone gave you the pants? Okay, do you, do you know that person's name? Do you remember where you saw them? Do, do, do you know, can you give us a description? Like, no, stop playing. Stop playing into their lies and their games and they just say, hey, cut the fucking bullshit. Get in the back of the car. You're doing time. Or you're going to court or you're going to jail. You're going in front of a judge. You fucked up, Junior. I'm telling you this other stuff, man. The, the, Here's the danger, and for those of you that are sitting there going, Harlan, so aggressive, so uncompassionate and uncaring. I'm compassionate. I'm caring, but I'm more compassionate and caring to the victims, to the people that could get hit by the car or doing the drugs or are getting robbed or raped or molested. Those are the people I'm kind and compassionate towards. I don't have time to be kind and compassionate to the criminals, but that being said, I don't want them to be roughed up illegally. I don't want them to be roughed up just for the sake of doing it, but I also don't want them to be pampered like newborn babies. I don't I don't want them to be treated with such adoration like a Thanksgiving turkey coming out of the oven. Holy fuck. Like like make it so that there's 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 a cause and effect here. Make it so that we're living in the real world. If you touch a hot stove, you're going to get burnt. There's a penalty for your stupidity, for your actions, for your mistakes. If you rob a bank or a 7-Eleven or rape a girl or or sell drugs, you're going to get burnt. There's a penalty. You're not going to get treated all nice and dainty and, oh, my God. So this, this is the trajectory we're on. This is the world we're living in. And, and as much as tr- as everyone's praising this new law that Trump and the Democrats and the Republicans uh, pushed through about letting people out of jail early and all this stuff, I don't know. I don't know, really? Is, is, is that the big agenda of the day? We can't get trade deals done because the, the politicians are fighting. We can't figure out immigration because the politicians are fighting. We can't figure out the economy or the military or, or anything because the politicians are fighting. But the one thing they agree on, let's let all the bad guys out early. Let's get the drug dealers and the assaulters and the thieves and the shoplifters. and let's, let's work on getting them back out on the street. Oh, yay, we, we passed legislation. Yay, let's, let's all jump up and down. That, that's what you're getting done? How about getting something done for the hardworking taxpayers who haven't committed a fucking crime in their life and go to work every day and work hard and support the police and wake up every day and don't, don't try to rip anyone off? You want to maybe pass some legislation for those people? Good Lord. Cops. So there you go. That that's the path we're on, gang. That that's the world we're 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 walking into now. Where everything's just so la di da nobody can do anything or say anything or touch anybody or do anything. And then one day some of these politicians are gonna wake up and there's gonna be one of these creeps standing at the end of their bed. Or one of these creeps is going to molest their daughter at college or murder their kid while they're camping or shoot them while they're driving or something bad will happen to them. And then maybe they'll go, whoops, what have we done? But knowing these idiots, they'd they'd probably walk past their wounded child to go and coddle the fucking person that shot them. Are you okay? Were you traumatized shooting my only son? Oh, my God, I don't think he's going to make it. But how are you feeling? You must feel horrible. Imagine the trauma you're going to have when my son dies, when he bleeds out. <gasps> Imagine the pain you're going to have to live with. Oh, my God, can we get this man a masseuse and a fire truck and an ambulance and anybody up for giving him a hand job? 
I mean, this poor man just shot my son. Can we do, can we do something for this man? Holy fuck. There you go. <laughs> can you tell I'm pissed off? Roger, shut it off. I'm just too amped up. There you go. Harland pissed off at the way they're making the cops. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. Why, that's splendid. Okay, so speaking of splendid, last week I told you that uh, I had been in Saudi Arabia doing uh, stand-up comedy for the first time. And I promised you that I'd play a little bit of it um, when I uh, when I uh, started this week's podcast. So um, I'm going to play you uh, some various clips from it. And it was interesting because, as I as I mentioned last week, uh, you know, I'm used to doing comedy stand up where, where there's no censorship, where where I can talk about whatever I want in good old. USA or Canada or Australia or the United Kingdom, you know, you don't think twice about what you talk about. You can talk about sex or politics or religion or bestiality or whatever you want. But uh, over in Saudi Arabia, that's a different culture. And so uh, you had to sign an agreement before going over there that you would not talk about sex and and hot political topics or religion or war or you would you you wouldn't swear you wouldn't use profanity you'd you'd you know a, a lot of restrictions it was almost it's not a communist country but the first word that pops into your head is like oh it feels like communist or we're not allowed to do anything um and that being said there's some very modern and progressive sides to the saudi culture and there's also some old and and strange and different sides that that we would not be accustomed to and some that we would actually roll our eyes to and not like. But isn't that the same of every society? Do you think Saudis look back at America and go, oh, everything's just perfect? No. So there's give and take and good and bad everywhere. But as a stand-up comedian, it was really interesting for the first time in my career, except maybe when you're doing like a family-themed show or a kids type of show where you got to kind of dial it back. Um, but this was the first time where I had to do a show where it was kind of like uh, affected the whole society, not just a small party or group within a society. This was this was the kind of mandate. This was These were the rules for the whole freaking country. Of Saudi Arabia. So you had to be really uh, diligent and vigilant of your own uh, wording. And believe me, when you're used to doing something the same way you're for 25, 30 years, I got to say it's, it's a little unnerving, but in the same breath, it was kind of fun and challenging. I, it required a new type of discipline. And not only that, I like to do a lot, a lot of crowd work, so I had to kind of find my way through like, what do people like here? What do they do? What kind of jobs do they have? What do they want to talk about? And sometimes I'd ask a question and I could see they were afraid. They were afraid to answer. Or they they would look around the room at each other. Should, should I answer this? Should I should I should I talk to the guy? Are we allowed to talk about this? Like, so it was a really interesting thing. So uh, I'm gonna play you some of it. It's probably not super different than anything you've ever heard, but. But uh, it will give you a chance to kind of feel and hear what it was like for me to do stand-up comedy live in the country of Saudi Arabia. Raj, roll it. Give it up for Highway! What's that? Highway! That's right. Give my, that's my son. Give him a hand. My son's here. Pretty off. He's gonna be a girl in the morning. Give him a hand. Oh, it's great to be here at uh, IKEA. <laughs> Sir, if you could give me a chance, maybe one joke. Sir, if I could just get one joke in before you get the hell out. Thank you, sir. Give my son a hand. Isn't he great? Pretty off. Gonna be a girl in the morning. Pretty off. Girl in the morning, beautiful girl. Boy, what a town. I was walking around today, and uh, I love the town. Beautiful town, and uh, a little dangerous. I think I almost got hit by six or seven cars. 
and I, you know, I'm a comedian, so I did, I did a joke to myself. I said, I said, my God, did they finally give women driver's license here? <laughs> Can you imagine if they did that? Oh, my God. I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be here. But it is, it is a little startling to get used to the, the women, the beautiful women, but the, 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 the thing they wear, the shish kebab or whatever they do. That is a tough one. That is a tough one. I went on a date with a local girl last night, and uh, oh yeah, I just stared in her eyes. And then we went uh, for a nice long walk, and things got heated. I uh, stared in her eyes some more. <laughs> I went out to dinner and I stared in her eyes. Wasn't much else to really look at. You know, it's in a way you, you guys are lucky, you know, because back home, the women are always testing you. Like, the women are always, they always put on new outfits. They're like, how do I look? Tell me, do I look fat? You're like, well, if it was here, you'd just be, your, your eyes look fat. <laughs> Interesting, that thing in the heat tonight is... Alright, I'm just gonna say, how do you fart? <laughs> how do you fart? You should at least have a vent on the back of that thing. It's gotta be like rotisserie chicken in there at the end of the night. I mean, if there was ever zombies here, they would love you. You'd be already cooked. My friend said to me, he said, what are the women like over here? I said, oh man, they're all wearing Victoria's Secret. And he goes, what do you mean? All the women are walking around in underpants? I said, no, you can't see them, it's a secret. <laughs> I went on a date last night, I got home, I woke up with my dad, can you believe it?
do you do croissants? I don't know. You work in a bakery, right? What is your name, my love? What is it? Arada. Arada what? So there you go, gang. Just a little taste of me in uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, and isn't it funny? Right out of the gate. This blew me away. It might fascinate you guys. Before I even did my first joke, some guy, a Saudi kid, yelled out the Harland Highway. Did you hear that? If you go back and listen... The first heckle, or, or wasn't even a heckle, it was just a, a, an enthusiastic fan. I'm on the other side of the world, and he yells out the Harland Highway. Now, does that warm your cackles or whatever the hell you've got? Isn't that fascinating? It shows you the, the power of the internet and the power of the medium. And, and then I talked to the kid afterwards. We went out and did a meet and greet, and... Uh, and, uh, you know, the kid was telling me how much he loved the show. And I, you know, we talked about that it was ending and uh, he was just a real fan. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so cool. That was so cool to have that. And then, of course, all the other jokes I kind of made up. I kind of made them up about, I don't know, as I, as I was watching the other comic ahead of me. I, I, I kind of that's the way I operate. I don't sit it. I don't sit at home and toil over a computer and have a pad and a pencil and, okay, what about that? I literally just think of jokes before I go on. It, it kind of, I, I need that adrenaline to push me. It's like, oh, I'm about to go out. I need some local jokes. And so literally, you know, eight, maybe seven minutes before I went on, I did that whole run of Victoria's Secret and looking in the eyes and the farting and the shish kebab. And of course, I was talking about over there, the women wear these dark, that they're forced to wear these dark, um, this war, this robe, this clothing, where a lot of it conceals their face. And in a lot of cases, it conceals everything but their eyes. And uh, apparently, the government's kind of starting to lift that thing now. But a lot of the women are just so used to it that the majority of the women there still wears, they cover their whole body from head to toe. Many of them cover most of their face, and many of them cover everything but their eyes. And almost every woman wears the black. And the, the heat over there is sweltering. Why they picked black, I don't know, but that was why I did the joke about the rotisserie chicken inside and blah, blah, blah. So, so all that stuff was just made up on the spot. I didn't know how they'd react. You know, it was it was kind of clean material. It was fun material. Did you, did you notice there wasn't one swear word, nothing overtly sexual or anything like that? I think the, the, the thing that made them a little bit tense was when I, I did the joke about, you know, I went out with a date with a girl wearing a burqa, and I didn't know what was under it, and I woke up with my dad. And that, that you could tell, that one made them a little, ooh, oh, should we laugh? Should we? That was one of those ones where it was like a little, they were a little trepidatious. So there we go. I thought I'd share that experience with you guys. And that, that was just like the first 10 minutes of the set. I, I went on to do like a 40-minute set, 35-minute set. But um, I just wanted to give you guys a flavor of what it was like to step into another another world and, and do what I do. And, and, and I think in closing, the beautiful thing is, isn't it nice to know that laughter is universal? That despite uh, the cultural differences, maybe uh, things that have led to to disagreements between our cultures or other countries, not just our country, but war and 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 money and and who knows what else. Isn't it wonderful to know that at the end of the day, all of us can do one thing, and that's laugh together. I find that I find that very rewarding uh, when it comes to what I do, and I find it very beautiful. And uh, so it was really nice to to see those people light up and smile, to hear them laugh, to know that I was coming from a distant land and, and br bringing some joy into their life. It was really cool. So so there you go. I hope you enjoyed that little taste. And uh, I'll keep you posted if I do stand up in any other exotic countries. Oh, amazing. Wait a second. Hold it. I saw the whole thing. The machine's fixed. Who's she, your mother? Blow up your pants. The Harland Highway. Crazy.
crazy news stories. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. I think Okay, so you know how I said earlier, like, we may think that other cultures are crazy? Well, think about other cultures looking back at America, okay? And and you're not going to find this headline in Saudi Arabia or Kuwait or Iraq or, you know, places like that. This is, this is the kind of stuff you get in America, okay? You ready for this, this crazy news story headline? Tennessee police warned not to flush drugs down toilet for fear of creating meth gators. Are you kidding me? We got to read this. Word to the wise, don't flush your meth down the toilet. That's the warning coming out of the Loretta Police Department in Tennessee after investigators say they caught someone attempting to flush meth along with several other items and paraphernalia down the toilet on Saturday. The department advised of disposing drugs, including pills, via the sewage because when you send something down the sewer pipe, it ends up in our retention ponds for processing before it's sent downstream. Our sewer guys take great pride in releasing water that is cleaner than, than is what in the creek, police said. But they are not really prepared for the meth. Oh, my God. This is, Can you believe it? So... So the, the, the idea being that you flush your meth down the toilet in Tennessee, it gets into the water system and the gators get it. Now, unless you're uh, living on another planet, alligators are pretty dangerous, giant, man-eating lizards. They're not afraid to swim up and take you down for lunch, if you know what I mean. So they're already, like, freaky and creepy and scary. Now imagine a gator cranked up on methamphetamine. Holy God. That is just insane, man. Giant dinosaur-like reptiles cranked up on meth. And who knows what other type of pills, according to the story. We got opioid gators, we got cocaine gators, we got meth gators, we got heroin gators, we got magic mushroom gators, we got hash oil gators, we got them their uh, uh, black heroin gators, we got them marijuana gators, we got them uh, PCP gators, we got them, I mean, this is like the guy from the Bubba Gump guy from Forrest Gump. I mean, this is America. Do you know how much, you know how much, much drugs we got? We got LSD gators. We got, uh, I mean, holy God. I just want to put on a flashlight and head out to the swamp tonight and see if there's a burning man going on out there. I mean, I, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's like, you know, alligators doing fart bubbles and making lava lamps and, Eating mushrooms and holy God. Forget going to the nightclub downtown. Let's head down to the swamp. Let's head down to the bayou. They're having a disco tonight, boy. Hey, Mary Ellen, you want to go dancing tonight? Well, put your scuba gear on. We're heading down to the swamp, baby. We're going to get cranked up tonight. Oh, my God. Hilarious, man. What the hell? Let's read some more of this story. But in addition to birds, officials said if the water is headed far enough downstream, it would create meth gators in Shoal Creek and the Tennessee River down in North Alabama. Quote, "They've they've had enough methed up animals the past few weeks without our help. So if you need to dispose of your drugs, give us a call and we'll make sure they're disposed of in the proper way. Yeah, let me just call the police. Hello, officer. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got three bags of illegal drugs. I've got meth. I've got uh, Afghanistan black heroin. I've got uh, LSD and what? What are, what are those sirens? What, what's happening? Who's at my front door? What the hell? What the, what do they mean? Call them and we'll dispose of their drugs. And by the way, who's disposing of their drugs? 
I mean, don't drug addicts hang on to their, their clutch their drugs like a, a fat guy clutches a chocolate cake at an all-you-can-eat buffet, man? Good Lord. There ain't, there ain't no, uh, you know, there ain't nobody just, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this $7,000 bag of cocaine. I'm tired of being cranked up and feeling good and high as a kite all day. You know what? Let me go flush this down the toilet. What What am I thinking having so much fun? Hell, why don't we let the swamp creatures have a little fun, huh? I don't know, man. So for all you drug users out there, um, you know, don't uh, don't flush your uh, your your stash down the toilet. Smoke it or eat it or do something with it. And please, in God's name, protect our wildlife. Hey man, you uh, you want to come over here and uh, smoke a catfish? Wait, what's that? Hold on, what's that, Raj? Oh, we got a guy from from Tennessee. A guy that lives down there. Oh, this will be good. Okay, we got a... Who is he? Cool. Okay, Rod is telling me in my earphones we got a guy who lives down on the bayou down there. And he's had first... He's had a first-hand encounter. He's seen this stuff. Oh, this will be rich. Okay, let's let's uh, let's get him on the phone, and we got to cover this story. Okay. Hello, sir? Hey, man, how you doing? Who's this, sir? Ah, uh, this is Claude. Who's this? Hi, this is Claude. Who, who? Claude. Claude Diperash. Cloyd Diperash? Uh, no, Daddy. No, I see you got that wrong. It's Claude Diperash. Diperash? No, it's Claude. Fuck me. It's Cloyd DePereche, okay? Okay, well, let's just go with Cloyd. Uh, how are you today, sir? Well, we're doing all right. How y'all doing? Well, we're doing good. We we, we were uh, reading this crazy story about the, the meth gators. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Well, what do you mean, sir? Oh, man, you know, I've been working with gators my whole life up here in Tennessee, and I'll tell you what, we get a, we get a drug gator, we're going to shoot that some bitch. Yeah, have you, have you encountered any of these uh, quote-unquote meth gators? Well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, maybe I does and maybe I didn't, but, you know, I've seen a gator, and believe me, I work with all-size gator now, him and now. I've been working with gator that, uh, you know, two feet long, little baby gator, and I'm right up to a 14-foot mama-papa gator now, him and now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, those things grow uh, to be huge. I'll tell you what they do. I've seen a gator longer than uh, my fat cousin's last bowel movement now. Excuse me? Now, these, these things are dinosaurs. you got to remember, you're dealing with a dinosaur from the, the Plasticine area. The, the, the what? The, the, you know what the scientists call the Plasticine area. The, the Palestine era? Well, yeah, you know what? I didn't go to college or nothing, man. But, uh, yeah, you know, whatever from, from the area. The, the era, like the, the Jurassic era, the... the... Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, all I know is uh, these things are monsters. They got the giant teeth now. They got the big glowing eyes. And, you know, they're they going to eat anything. But you crank them bitches up on, uh, you know, methamphetamine, and you get them going on the heroin and the pill popping. I mean, I've seen a couple of alligators uh, sitting up on the shores of the swamp there the other day, and uh, they was fucking uh, dancing, and one of them was twerking, for fuck's sake. So, okay, sir. I know you, you're used to the, the the swamp language, but let's uh, let's uh, let's kind of tone down the uh, the language there, diaper rash. <laughs> it ain't diaper rash. It's diaperash. Sorry, I, I'm not I'm not pronouncing your name real well. Well, you know, fuck you then, sir. Well, you got to watch the language. This is a family show. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been I've been hunting these gators down here for Cloyd's gator meat. We have a farm down here. We get out in that bayou every day and 
You go looking for them some bitches, and you know they eat you as soon as they look at you. Yeah, they're very dangerous, volatile animals, and um, and are you seeing? Are you tracking any of of this this uh, situation where the water is filled with 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 uh, flush drugs and so on? Well, I tell you, I saw. You know, normally these son bitches they just you know glide on down the bayou and they swimming around. You know, real nice and smooth and. I'll be goddamned if I didn't see a, a, a pack of them fucking gators swimming backwards the other day and one of them on his back doing a backstroke. I mean, holy shit, I thought, what am I watching the goddamn 1925 Olympics or whatever the fuck they call that? It's, wait, there was, a, there was a gator doing the backstroke? I'll be goddamned if one of them was doing the butterfly stroke. I can't believe one of them. You know what, Mr. Williams? I saw, I saw me a 14-foot gator. That some bitch was dog paddling. I mean, what the shit is that? Whoa! And you attribute this to you think these guys are cranked up on drugs? Well, I tell you what, I was going down the bayou the other day, and there was a circle of them. There was a circle of gators that was up sitting on a log. They were sitting on a log? That's right, man, side by side. I couldn't believe my own fucking eyes. I thought, am I jacked up on my own moonshine or what? Wait, there was a bunch of gators sitting side by side on a log. And them bastards were smoking a fucking pop pipe. I mean, they were passing the ball around and they were high as all motherfucking Christ. Wait, you saw five gators smoking a bong on a stump? Well, not on a stump now, on a log. I mean, they were they were passing, and they were there. So we keep going on down the bay. We can barely believe our eyes. And we go we go down, and I said, I said, Big Jim, what the hell is that behind that cedar tree? Wait, wait who's Big Jim? He's my partner. You know, he drives the back of the boat, and I stand up front, and I keep my eye out for the gators. Okay, so you and Big Jim are go- cruising down the bayou. And I say, Big Jim, what the hell is that behind that cedar tree over there on the shoreline? Okay. And we get pulled up. Big Jim steered a boat right over by that big cedar tree. And we look behind, and Mr. Weird, I swear, as Jesus is my brother. Okay, wh- what was there? There was a goddamn 14-foot alligator standing there putting a needle in his arm full of black Afghanistan heroin. Now, what the fuck is that? Wait, the what? Yeah, you heard me from your lips to God's ears. Not my lips. I didn't say it. Well, if you don't know the sayings of the South, that's your problem now. Wait, you're telling me... There was a there was an alligator shooting up with a needle behind a tree. Oh man, he was high as a kite. We said, "What you doing there, boy?" That's what we do. We yell at them gators. We want to scare. We go, "What you doing there, boy?" Okay. And that thing turned around, and I swear, with his big goofy crooked eye smile, he just looked at us. His eyes be rolling in his head, and he was like. Hey, man, what's happening? You guys want to come over here on the shoreline and fucking party, bro? What are you saying? I'm telling you, Mr. Wim, this guy was this guy was jacked up higher than my fucking brother's pickup truck after he run over a fucking armadillo. What are you? You're, there was an alligator... Shooting heroin into his arm. It's awful to see. I mean, he was an addict. You could tell he was an addict. And there's no helping him once they go around that corner. I mean, he's he's full on. He's addicted to heroin. What the hell? So we keep rolling on down the river. You know, we're looking for a drug-free gator because I can't afford to sell, you know, gators all cranked up on methamphetamine and crack to my, to my clients. They want nice, clean gator meat now, you hear? Okay, so you keep going down the bayou. That's right, and you'll never guess what we saw, Mr. Williams. I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, I'm afraid to tell you now. It was... Yeah, this breaks my heart, Mr. Williams. This was a female alligator, pretty little thing. Okay. Probably about nine foot, nine and a half foot. You know, Big Jim thought it was a 12-footer, but I got a better eye than Big Jim. Okay. And this pretty little gator... Oh, my God, standing in the bulrushes, okay, with her arm behind her head. And she's like, I'll blow you for some crack. 
what? What? Uh, that's what I said. I said, what did you say there? She was like, she was waving and she was all seductive, posing in the bullrushes. I'll blow you real good for some crack. What? Are you telling me a, a full-grown gator was offering you a blowjob for some crack? Isn't it sad, Mr. Williams? You know, there was a time when the bayou was clean and fresh and now just full of drug-addicted reptiles. It makes my heart break. I mean, good Lord, on a Christmas sleigh, Mr. Williams. What? Oh, so, oh, wait. Yeah, I know it's a tongue-tied. Jesus is Lord, and drugs is a scourge. Well, I believe it's the Satan's work. I believe Satan is in the water in the bayou, and these poor dinosaur reptiles are so proud and mean and, you know, vicious, and now they're just, they're just drifting along. I feel like I was, every time I get in the bayou, I tell Big John, I say, I feel like we're drifting through fucking Woodstock. I mean, it's just crazy, man. Okay, I, you know, I'm finding this a little excessive, uh, Cloyd, uh, diaper rash. I mean, it's to perish, man. I mean, what, how many times I got to correct you? I, I'm sorry, Cloyd, but I mean, this sounds a little, a little extreme, okay? Well, yeah, yeah, you can, you can think it's a little extreme until you see a, a nine-foot popping uh, Oxycontin into its mouth and, and smoking the end of a fucking log. I mean, that's what... Okay, I, I'm not sure I'm believing this at all. Well, you, maybe you're on Oxycontin, you dumb fucking uh, city-dwelling fucking piece of shit. Whoa, hang on now. You heard me, you fucking city folk. Think you got everything figured out? Why don't you get your hairy, bald ass down to the bayou, and me and Big John will take you for a ride. We'll show you what's what. Maybe we'll fucking roll you up in marijuana fucking seeds and leaves, make you like a granola bar, and shove you down a big old gator's mouth. How about that, you fucking honky city folk fucking dipshit? Fuck you, eat your pussy. What? What the hell? Eat my... What did he... What the hell? Holy shit. Lloyd... Cloyd diaper rash. Oh, my God. Oh. Roger, where do you get... You know, our our third, third last show, and you get this guy. Holy God. I wonder if the guy in Saudi Arabia can take back his praise for the Harland Highway. What a joke. Oh, God. Let's just keep going, Roger. I, I don't know why we always get these people and then they, they always hang up on me. Has there ever been a, a guest where they haven't haven't hung up on me? Like in the history of the, 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 the podcast? It just seems like I'm always getting slammed down. People yelling at me. People mocking me. I mean, what the hell? Why can't I just get a nice guest who does it? What? Who's who's calling? Uh, Harlan, it's Roger. Yeah, there's someone on the hotline. Okay, well I'm busy doing my show now. We just took a call. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, you city folk douchebag. Wait a minute, who is this? You know who this is, and I'll tell you what, you insensitive city folk douchebag. Sir, if you could stop, why is he calling back? I'm calling back because I didn't finish. Now, my boy, Big John, you know, you sit there and you make fun of us swamp dwellers. And, uh, you know, we're making a living harvesting gator meat. And you up there in your big city sitting on your throne and uh, whatever you're doing, going to your Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever the hell you do. What are you talking about? Meanwhile, my boy, Big John, I told you about him. He's still the back of my boat. Okay, Big John. And I'll tell you what, you make fun of us, and here we got Big John laid up in the hospital. He all mangled up and chewed up. What, why, why is he mangled up? Well, I don't know if you ever got a blowjob from a crack gator, but Big John, he took that gator up on that proposition now. Wait a minute, the, 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 the gator that was offering a blowjob for some crack? Yeah, that's right, and Big John, well, he get a little lonely out there, he's not married, he don't got no woman in his life, and so he undid his trout, and he put his, you know what, his fishing tackle in the mouth of that mean old gator. Wait a minute, are you telling me he took that, that gator up on the blowjob offer? I'm telling you, a man gotta do what he gotta do to not feel lonely in the bayou, oh, hell no. 
Wait a second. And I'll tell you what, you know them gators got them big toothy mouths, right? Well, yeah, they, they, they're they dinosaurs. That's right, and Big John got himself a blowjob, and it started off okay. But when you got a gator with teeth that big and that cranked up on crack, you know it ain't gonna end up pretty. Wait, what the hell are you saying? I'm saying that Big John's tallywhacker looks like, like the swamp cabbage. That's what I'm saying. Wait, he got mangled up? That's right. That's like sticking your meat in a blender, for Christ's sake. I mean, you can't get a blowjob from a from an alligator on crack. I mean, that's like you. That's like sticking your knob in the end of a fucking ceiling fan in the middle of the night while you're drunk up on Jack Daniels. What are you saying? You're telling me a full-grown man stuck his you-know-what in the mouth of an alligator because he thought he was going to get a... A blowjob, that's right. Every man have a right to have pleasure in his life. Now, just because we live out in the bayou and we out in the backwoods and you think we're seven tits to Sunday doesn't mean a man don't got his needs. That's right, so I'll tell you what. You can sit there and make fun of us, and you can maybe send some money to John to help get his swamp cabbage fixed up because he in a lot of pain. He, you, he pulled down his pants. It looked like a plate of country coleslaw. Oh, my God. That's right. So why don't you stop making fun of us, you dipshit city folk, and get your money sent and help a big John out repair his fucking French fried filly fackle. What are you? God, go suck your your brother's fucking pussy. What, my brother's? What the heck? Roger, do not let him call back, okay? I, I'm done with that guy. It's just too... He, he let his friend get a BJ from a crack-smoking gator. Unbelievable. Unbelievable blow. You know, you know what? Let's just end the show here. I, we don't need to. I'm not going to be able to get around this. My listeners are sensitive. They're they're educated. They're not going to be able to get around a guy calling in and talking about his boat buddy getting a BJ from a from a crack gator. God, is it any is it any wonder why this podcast is coming to an end, gang? With this type of material, with these stories, these guests. Why couldn't we be like Joe Rogan and get Elon Musk? Actually, we did have Elon Musk once, didn't we? We've had, we've had bigger, better. We've had, we've had Barack Obama. We've had Trump. We've had Kim Jong-un. We've had Elon Musk. We've, we've had, I think we've had the best guests ever. So there. Uh, but anyways, we're going to end it right there, folks. Hope your summer is going great. Um, we are down to two more episodes of the Harland Highway. Uh, sorry, we were a day late on this one. I just uh, had a lot of stuff going on this week, so um, hopefully you're understanding. But we we got it to you. We got it to you 24 hours late, but we got it to you. Uh, and just two more to go. Um, next episode, Roger is um, is gonna be. He says he has an announcement for me. Uh, the next the next uh, podcast, the the second last one. Roger says he has a, a big announcement he wants to to share with everyone, so that that's probably something cool and exciting. So make sure you're there for that. And um, let's see, do I have any uh, stand-up gigs I can tell you about? Yes. Why, yes, this weekend I'll be in Orlando, Florida at the Improv. Uh, I'll be there July 26th and 27th. And then the following weekend I'll be down in Miami, Florida, at the improv there. Uh, that'll be August 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So if you're living in Florida and you want to laugh, baby, you want to have some laughs, uh, I'm your man. I'm your Florida man. So uh, get get your groove on down in Florida. Check my website, harlowwilliams.com. Uh, you can actually purchase your tickets there. We have a link. Uh, just go to my stand-up tour page, and uh, you can... Uh, you can pre-order so that you're not disappointed if we sell that stuff out. Now I'm kind of worried. I'm heading to the south. That's that's gator country down there. I got to keep my eyes open for 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 meth gators, man. Um. Anyways, love you guys. Thank you for being here. Uh. Hopefully you had a good time. And yeah, sadly, just two more. And uh. Oh boy, it's get getting emotional here. But uh. 
I can say it uh, three more times, actually two more times, three more times, including this one. See, see, why, see why I'm off with the numbers? I can say this only three more times, and this is the third last time. Until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Fucking dipshit. Fuck you. Eat your pussy.